Amen. It's awesome to be here this morning, be back in Charleston. You know, you almost forget about the heat and humidity. And, um, and then you just open your car door on Thursday night and you are quickly reminded. And um, so it's, it's great to be back. Um, it actually feels like summer here. We had a, a cold front come, come through in Gainesville. And so we're still kind of waiting on the, the real summer to hit. And, um, but everything's good. There are some stories um, that I'll just share real quick about some stuff that, that's been going on um, at Free Chapel. Um, you know, our youth ministry is just really beginning to explode. A year ago, um, f- from, from now, a year past, um, our youth ministry, middle school and high school, was running about 300 students. And to date, we're running about 650, 700. And so um, it's really incredible to see what God's doing. We're holding um, um, events in local high schools, it's called Shift, and what it is is it's um, it's an event. It's an after uh, after school dance event. So after their homecomings and after their proms, um, we have created a an after party kind of club kind of atmosphere, if you will. And um, obviously, it's a positive environment. It's held at Free Chapel, and so we have you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students coming from high schools. As soon as they're done with their dance, they're coming to our our venues and our events, and we're putting it on. And it's all basically to save students from that night of making a few bad decisions. And so um, it's going really well, and those events are, are great, and it's, it's awesome to see favor in local high schools and principals and parents and, and boards working with you, and so that's always a positive thing. Um, uh, right now, within our youth ministry, we are on um, a $1 campaign is what we're calling it. We're encouraging all of the students on a weekly basis to only bring a dollar. That's where it starts. It just starts at a dollar, and, um, and you know, right now we're at about 70% giving, and so it's just really awesome that we're teaching the next generation how important it is to give and, um, and to, you know, to bless the body of Christ, and, uh, and, you know, that's how we're winning, you know, our friends and our peers to, to Jesus, and so they're really catching hold of some stuff. It's just awesome to see the growth. Our college ministry is doing really well um, also. We're running about, uh, about 150 in college, actually, and so, um, and that's pretty amazing anywhere when you have college students who will come out and be a part of, of your weekly service, and that's on a Thursday night, so that's been going really well. And uh, God's just doing awesome stuff, giving Beth and I some pretty incredible opportunity to do some stuff um, around Gainesville and also be a part of, uh, of the campus in Orange County. Uh, Free Chapel has a campus in Orange County, California, being a part of some of that stuff over there. And so it's been a pretty incredible year. Got a few notches on the belt of life, as it were, in the last year, and, uh, and we'll talk about some of those in a little bit. But it's just incredible to be here. It's a privilege to share some moments with you this morning, talk about God's Word, hopefully learn some stuff, walk out of here with some understanding, some wisdom and knowledge that we didn't come in here with. I'm excited to share the word this morning. And if you have your Bibles, why don't you just go ahead and, uh, and open them up. We're going to be in the book of Matthew chapter 11. And as you're turning, why don't you just look to the person next to you and say, you are a lot better looking than I remember. And here we are in Matthew chapter 11. It's always good to encourage the people you come to church with. It's great to be able to come back to this local church. Obviously, I think it's, it should go without saying that your pastors, my parents, they are my heroes. Absolutely, 100%, without a doubt. They, um, you know, I appreciate the fact that they raised me in the house of God. They raised me in a home that, um, that valued the things of the Lord, and it was a godly home. They taught me principles of faith and, and of giving and of obedience, and they did not spare the rod in the process. Amen. And um, certainly did not spare the rod in the process. And if mom couldn't find a rod then uh, the closest kitchen utensil would work just fine. 
Bless God. And uh, I am what I am today because of my parents and not in spite of my parents. And I believe that's how it should be for every young person uh, growing up. Uh, you should encourage them uh, to walk in the Lord, and they should be what they are because of you, not in spite of you. And, um, you know, just say all that to say that they're extremely credible people, your pastors. And, um, you know, within the, the world and the church today with so many ministries being watched very, very closely, very carefully, and even uh, senior pastors around the United States um, with their words being dissected and people trying to find out exactly what it is that they're meaning when they preach and things like that. Just know that here at this house, I, I can speak that it is a credible place. It is a place your, your pastors practice integrity and they do not compromise that for anything or anyone. And so um, it's, just a, it's just a great thing to know that, and especially in this day and age when uh, so many things are trying to come against the church right now, to know that you're a part of a body that, um, that is credible, a body that is, um, that is watching how they spend and watching how they, how they say things and, and do things like that, but at the same time not compromising the Spirit of God. They're, they're going to speak truth, and they do it in love. It's just great to be a part of a, of a community like that. And so I'm sure, I'm sure you all feel the same way being here at Legacy. Amen. Well, here we are in Matthew chapter 11. We're going to look at verse 29, and I'm just going to read a couple of verses and actually focus on one specific phrase of one specific verse this morning. And this will ensure that we do not go too long. And uh, just so you know, I will preach faster the more amens you say. And so here we go this morning. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, it says, it's in red. Jesus said it. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, I want to capitalize in, in this statement this morning and in this passage, for my yoke is easy. Would you underline that this morning? Would you underline the words yoke and easy, easy, yoke over easy? Yoke and easy. Now, it's a free country here in America, so this is obviously merely a suggestion but I highly suggest that you would underline those this morning. It will enhance the experience. I guarantee it. Somebody say amen. All right, I want to preach this morning on the subject of the perfect fit. The perfect fit. And if you're taking notes, why don't you just write that down this morning? The perfect fit. Statistics show that if you take notes, you have a better chance of spending eternity with Jesus. Amen. And so write that down. Hopefully you got your pen and paper out. If you don't, tear a piece off the person next to you. It'll be all right. This message this morning is going to be a little exclusive to married couples. If you're single, you obviously don't count. But um, hopefully there's going to be something in here this morning that you're going to be able to walk out with. I promise we can all catch a hold of this word, and um, we can walk out of here with some wisdom, some understanding this morning. But if you're married, why don't you just go ahead, gentlemen, why don't you lean over to your spouse this morning and say, Baby, you are my perfect fit. Just say that right now. Come on, gentlemen. This is your chance to score some points. Move fast. Move fast. Before we get started into the word this morning, let's pray. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that it's encouraging to us. And, and God, it says that the grass will wither, the flower will fade, but that it's your word that will remain forever, Lord. And so I pray that we take the word this morning, God, that we lock it deep down inside of our hearts, Lord, that we might not sin against it, Lord, that it wouldn't just be something on the shelf of our house, but that we're going to take that word, we're going to apply it to our life, Lord. We're going to grow in wisdom and understanding. We're going to grow in relationship with you. We love you so much this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, 
Amen. You know, Beth and I, uh, as I was, I was, I was kind of starting. You know, we've had an incredible year, and obviously, we're here. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's a little vacation. It's the first vacation I've had in in the last year, and it's actually uh, the first week that I haven't had to to lead worship um, three times a week, and so. It's kind of nice to have a break, but um, we're here this weekend also celebrating our first anniversary, and so it's a pretty cool time. Thank you. Pretty cool time. Many of you were at the wedding a year ago. Actually, tomorrow is uh, the year to date, and uh, man, it goes by fast. It goes by extremely fast. We were out on Daniel Island yesterday, and it was just like, you know, last week we felt like we were there getting married, and so a lot has happened in the past year. You know, we've been married. We actually have a child now. He's he's small and he's kind of hairy. And uh, some of you are like, oh my gosh, it's kind of mean. But um, anyways, it's an American Eskimo puppy and um, he's pretty cool and um, he's pretty ferocious. He thinks he's pretty ferocious, but um, he's at home right now. So we have a dog and actually in a couple weeks time, we're going to be closing on our first home. And so that's a pretty exciting notch on the belt as well. And so a lot of stuff's happening and it's really cool. And uh, we've just seen a lot of favor in the last year, and uh, God's been doing some awesome stuff. And, and if, you know, you, you don't know, many of you know, but, you know, Beth and I, we met in Australia while I was there at, at Hillsong Church studying, and she came out for about six weeks around Hillsong Conference, and then uh, we met there, fell in love, and, and that was pretty much all she wrote. And uh, came back to the United States and, you know, kept dating for months and got engaged, and, and the rest is history. And um, just like Dad was saying, gentlemen, if you're single here this morning, the only advice I could ever say is marry up. Marry someone completely and totally out of your league. It needs to be like you deceived her to get her to the altar. That's what it needs to be like, and, and that's what I feel like has happened in my life. You know, I'll never forget the first time I brought Beth home, and she came to Charleston, and we walked in to the house, and we spent the night. Um, uh, well, not we spent the night, but you know, you know how it is. And, uh, and we were there at, at my folks' place, and we had dinner and uh, slept in separate bedrooms. And, um, and the next morning, I remember I woke up, and I, and I saw, you know, my mom downstairs making breakfast, and I think Beth was still upstairs. And so I go down there, and I said, you know, Mom, what do you think of her? You know, what do you, what do you think about Beth? And, and I'll never forget, this was the words my own mother said to me. She said, well, Clay, my first impression when I saw her was, she's kind of cute for Clay. So there you have it. That was my own mother. And so once she said that, I knew I had accomplished my goal. I had married up. And, and Beth is extremely amazing. She's so encouraging to me. And uh, she's always telling me about how God's doing amazing stuff in her life and showing her things and telling her things and speaking to her. And, you know, sometimes I'm just like, you know, hello, 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 God, you know, where are you? And, uh, and, uh, but he's speaking to her on a consistent basis. And, um, you know, one thing that Beth does quite often that I absolutely love and I've noticed in the last year is that she will email me during our work day. And obviously we both have full-time jobs and we're both pretty busy at those jobs. And, um, but it never fails that almost every day I'll open up my email and there's an email from her. And it'll be an email either, uh, you know, a prayer that, she is, that she's praying or a verse that she's found or something that God is speaking to her. And, um, and it's just really great to see those kind of things come across my desk, you know, and I, I mean, I pray sometimes, you know, a lot of times I just find myself praying, you know, God, you know, please, Lord, let it be on sale when I get to the mall and, uh, Lord, you know, my heart. And, uh, and so it's kind of stuff like that. And, you know, here's Beth and she's receiving revelation about, you know, what, like, like what God was telling John in the book of revelation and, you know, what Paul's talking about when he writes the church at Ephesus. And it's like hardcore stuff, you know, and, and he's really speaking to her. 
and it's really deep, and sometimes I'm like, what is going on with my life? How come I'm not hearing stuff like this? How many of you can relate, husbands, you can relate stuff like that to your wife, and you're like, I don't get it, but I'm glad for it. And, um, and you know, Beth is just, uh, she's just incredible when it comes to things like that. And, you know, I read some of her emails, and they're so deep, and I'm just like, man, I need to get saved. And it's just, it's just, sometimes it's kind of hard to read them, and you're like, God, why aren't you speaking to me? But I remember one day, especially, when Beth was, uh, she was writing an email, just as usual, and, you know, she's encouraging me, and it was an email talking about, you know, just encouraging me to be who I am, to be myself, and to continue doing, you know, the things that God is doing in my life, and, and to not lose heart, and to continue to be faithful in the little things, and, you know, because promotion comes, you know, from the Lord, it doesn't come from the north, south, east, or west, and she's encouraging me in all these things, and uh, just encouraging me to step up, to be the man of God that, that she knows that I am, and things like that, and I remember one day that she wrote me this email, and I'm reading this, and it was right after I had, uh, I had been reading Matthew chapter 11, and, um, and I began to think about the word yoke. I began to think about the word yoke, and it came to my attention that every single person in this room right now and in this world has a yoke that was tailor-made for you. It was tailor-made for you, a yoke that fits perfectly. You know, you probably walked in here this morning with no thought of a yoke, you probably didn't think about a yoke. You know, our frame of reference for yoke in the, in the Western culture of the United States is, you know, okay, yoke, okay, fried, over easy, scrambled, you know, I don't know. And, and we don't think about the word yoke, and it can be difficult to understand. Most of us are city people, and we might not have an understanding of agriculture and of farming. And so the yoke, we don't really, we don't really grasp a hold of. Why? Because it's a, it was a tool for farmers to plow the ground. And so, you know, we, we wake up in the morning, and we whip out our Bible, and we sit down, and we're having our cup of coffee, and we're and we're, and we're eating our cereal, and we, and we open up to Matthew chapter 11. You know, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and we get in the car, and we go off to work, and we don't understand the word yoke. We take no reference to it because yoke is not the culture that we live in. It's not the culture. You never hear anyone talking about, man, I went down to the mall the other day, man. I picked me up a sweet yoke, man. You got to check this thing out. We don't hear that because nobody's buying yokes. It's not the culture we live in, but when Jesus said, my yoke is easy, everybody in that day and age, in that era, sucked air. <gasps> Why? Because they understood the allegory. They understood what he was saying. It was a significant statement. My yoke is easy. And of course, in farming terms, a yoke is a tool that goes around the neck of two beasts, particularly oxen. There's a wooden beam that goes behind their neck, and there's an iron ring that is custom fit and custom made to go around the front so that when these beasts are linked together, they can walk simultaneously and prepare the earth for harvest because two are better than one. And that'll preach right there. The yoke, my yoke is easy. And so here's Jesus coming along saying things like this, and I can't help but wonder, it's as if he was referencing another yoke. It was as if he was referencing a previous yoke, like he was saying, unlike the last yoke, my yoke is easy. Unlike that previous yoke, my yoke is easy. What is Jesus saying here? I believe he's referencing the fact that there once was a yoke that was a burden. 
There was a yoke that was difficult to carry. You know, before Jesus stepped onto the scene to fulfill the law, and we know that because the Bible says he did not come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. Before he stepped onto the scene, there was a law that was a chafing law. It was a law that was a burden. It was suffocating. It was strangling. It was difficult. It made life hard. The old law was tight, and, and as sure as when Moses came off the mountain with the two tablets in his hand, the Ten Commandments, and the Israelites swore that they would keep the law, they had no idea how difficult it was going to be. They had no idea that the law of Moses was going to be a tight law. It was difficult to keep the law. And then years later, obviously, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees came along and continued to put more stipulations and pressure on the people, they had no idea that the law that they were under was tight. It was chafing. It was a burden. But now here's Jesus coming onto the scene, and he's saying things like, my yoke is easy. And with that in mind, people went, what? What is he, what is he saying Jesus was saying that my yoke before the foundations of the earth was tailor-made for you. It was tailor-made for you. It will not suffocate. It will not chafe. It will not strangle. It is a custom fit for you and you alone. It is easy. And the people went, wow, because they understood that is a big statement. My yoke is easy. You know, back then, if you, if you had two oxen and you needed to, to begin to farm, what you would do is you would take your two oxen and you would go down to the shop and you would introduce them to the craftsman and he would measure the neckline of your beast so that he could build a yoke that was tailor-made, custom fit for that oxen. Because if it was too tight, it would begin to strangle them and suffocate the beast while they work. And if it was too loose, it would chafe and they would get loose and they would get out of sync with each other as they're trying to prepare the way. So the, the yoke on the ox had to be perfect had to be perfect. And here's Jesus, who was a carpenter before he started his full-time ministry, and he's saying, listen, my yoke, oh, it, it, it's a perfect fit. My yoke is easy. It's perfect. I believe this, this speaks first and foremost to the fact that the person we need to get yoked up with is, number one, Jesus Christ. He is the other ox in the yoke. He's your partner in life. He's your helper. He's your friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the one that when you're going through trials and, and, and struggles, he's the one that is the ox in the yoke. You might be facing a mountain coming in your face, and it's ready to just unleash pain and suffering and hurt in your life, and, and you're scared. You don't know if you can make it, but Jesus is saying, come on, man. I will carry you if I have to because I am the other ox in the yoke. You've linked yourself up with me, and we're going to make it through. We're going to make it through. This is good news today. His yoke is easy. He will carry us if he has to. You know, the Bible tells us that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. If you look up the word led, it means to carry. So as many as are carried by the Spirit, these are sons of God. Of God, and, and how many of you know there's times and seasons in life when we feel like we can't even get up and get going to where we need to be, and we don't know how we're going to make it, and we don't know what the next day is going to hold for us, but Jesus is saying, man, it's okay because you're linked up to me. I will carry you through if I have to. We're going to make it. You are linked up to the Savior of the world. You can't lose. 
you can't lose. The other ox in your yoke never fails. Wow, my yoke is easy. He's changing the rules. Jesus is coming and he's changing the rules. You know, let me, let me explain this. You know, I, you know, I believe that obviously, first and foremost, we need to be linked up to Jesus Christ. I believe that's what it speaks of. But secondly, I believe it also speaks, the yoke speaks about us. It speaks about our gifts, our talents, our destiny, our passion in life, our calling. Let me explain this. In the New Living Translation, you know, sometimes it's hard, you know, to know which New Living Translation these days. There's like, you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 12, 30, you know. But in the original New Living Translation, it says this. It says, my yoke fits perfectly. That's what it says. My yoke fits perfectly. Please hear me this morning. There is a perfect fit for every person in this room. For every person in this room, there is a perfect fit. And the key to your satisfaction and to your fulfillment and to fulfilling what God has placed inside of you is to discover what that perfect fit is. You know, if more believers could discover what their perfect fit is, you know, we wouldn't look people up and down when they come into the doors of our church, and, and, and we wouldn't look them up and down and somehow feel like they're going to come against my role and my responsibility and take a hold of, of what I've worked so hard to do. We wouldn't do that. We would welcome them with open arms because I know who I am in Christ, and we welcome you and your gifts and your talents here in this local church. If we discover our perfect fit you know, most times, you know, we'll be in, in, in an atmosphere of worship and we're worshiping and, and, and maybe we've all done it. I've been guilty of it myself, but we'll look across the room in the middle of worship and we see someone else and we just say to ourselves, man, I wish I could do it like them. I wish I could do it like them. And you know what's crazy? And I know this to be true. While we look at someone else, they're looking right back at you saying, man, I wish I could do it like they do it. We need to stop this madness and just be us. Just be us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. There is a yoke that is custom fit for you and for me. No one else can wear this yoke the way you can wear it. It's custom fit. We need to realize that I am who I am by the grace of God. It changes everything when you discover who you are in Christ and when you discover the yoke that you were meant to wear. My yoke fits perfectly, Jesus said. There is a perfect fit. You know, I, when I was in school, you know, back in high school, um, within academics, you know, I was, I was special. And, um, and I was extremely special. And um, as, I, as I came into my later years of high school and even as I started college, you know, there were a few things that I noted, noticed about certain subjects. And, um, and you know, I, I wasn't, that great at like science um I, I you know I was kind of like you know just somewhere in the middle you know I tried kind of hard but you know it wasn't my my best subject and you know when it came to like math there was no hope and so um but I began to realize and people began to to come up and tell me that I was I was pretty gifted at a couple of things number one at, at being able to take in information and being able to regurgitate that information um, you know, whether it's on, on exams and papers and things like that. And secondly, um, just being able to orally communicate to people. I, I tended to, to excel in those couple of things in high school and stuff like that. And I remember, you know, um, you know I, I struggled in some stuff, but I had the ability to 
write papers, take exams on novels and books and, and things like that. And I never read past the first chapter in any book ever. To this day, the books that your children are reading, I've never read them, but I've aced the test. And, and so I began to realize this is a gifting. I am a genius. And I told my mom growing up, I, she never believed me. I said, Mom, I'm a genius. And it wasn't until one day that she began to realize maybe he is because I was bringing home A's on papers about books. And she knew I, didn't, I, I, I never read the book because we didn't own it. We didn't have it. And so I was telling her, Mom, I'm a genius. And she never believed me. But it's true. So I just wanted, I just wanted to put that out there this morning, that, that I'm probably a genius. And so you just need to take it as, uh, however you will. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe you have a child who's the same way. Maybe you have children, and they're just like a genius in something. And you don't understand how it works, but it is. They're gifted in something. And you never know. But, but the cards fall into place, and it comes out that, that, man, they are truly excelling in some things. And Tyler had his own things, and we even had Tyler tested, and we, like, hooked him up to some wires and stuff. And No, not like that. But, you know, we, we had him testing, and it came out that he had his own area of, of excelling, and he was, he was a genius. I don't know, but that's, that's what they were telling me is that on, he, he tested on genius levels in some other areas of schooling. And pretty much I just say that to say I wish everyone had a moment like that. I wish everyone had a moment where you realized what you were extremely good at. What you realize, man, I am, I am a genius in this area. I know that I can excel in this area. I wish you had someone who could sit down with you and help you figure out what area you're a genius in. That's what I wish. I wish everyone could figure out what thing I excel in the most. What is my gifting, my calling, my talent? What is it that I'm put on this earth to do? I wish everyone could figure that out. You know, I'm under the theological persuasion that each and every one of us has a genius inside of us somewhere. Each and every one of us does. We all have a gift, an ability, and you can do that thing like no one else can. You can do it better than anyone. You know, when my dad called me this morning, or not this morning, but when he called me, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, and he knew that we were going to be coming here uh, this weekend, and, you know, he just asked me, would you like to preach? And, you know, I wasn't sitting there, you know, at my house in Gainesville thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to speak on. And, I, you know, I wasn't freaking out. I wasn't having a stroke. I wasn't doing these things. You know, I, I just simply looked back, and I was like, yeah, sure. Sure, no problem. Because, because, now hear me in the context of which I'm saying this, I'm not boasting, but this is not hard for me. This is not hard for me. It's a part of who I am. It's a part of my calling, my passion, my destiny. Now, it does not make me who I am. I am first a worshiper of Jesus Christ and a lover of God Almighty. But it is a part of the calling that is on my life. It is not hard for me. There are other things that would be difficult, that would put me in a, I don't know, kind of situation. But this is not hard. It is a part of my yoke that I wear. It's a, it's a fit that fits me well. I'm not up here right now thinking, I don't know, man, what if, is this coming across right? What are they thinking of me? No, because this is who I am, and this is what I do. You know, there was a, there's a, a guy who works with me at Free Chapel, and his name's Jeremy Grooms, and, um, and he's kind of like uh, my, my technical guy, and he, he's with us at, on Wednesday nights and on Thursday nights, and he knows 
everything about like technical stuff about sound and about lighting and about you know like like uh you know like web design and things like that he's just like super innovative super technical and stuff like that and um i remember one night you know i was i was preaching at youth and we have two services on a wednesday night we have a middle school service and then a high school service and they're back to back and um this night uh, the couple other youth pastors were out one was doing a water baptism and one was doing some discipleship classes and so i'm the only youth pastor in the room with like you know 350 students and so so I, I'm leading worship, and, you know, we get done leading worship, and, and I put the guitar down, and we go through some announcements, and then I come right back up, and I preach, man. I grab the mic, and I'm, like, giving it to them hardcore, and I'm, like, you know, we're, like, spitting back and forth at each other, and they're standing up and stuff, and it's a great night, and God's really doing some awesome stuff, and it was pretty incredible what happened that night, and it was very, very passionate worship, and it was just a great moment. The students were responding. It was pretty incredible, and at the end of that night, Jeremy came down um, from the sound booth. And he was, he was looking at me, and he's like, man, Clay, how do you do that, man? How do you, how do, you do all that kind of stuff? How do you, how do you, you know, worship and then turn around and then, and then just bring a message like that? How do, you, how do you do that and get students to respond? And I was like, well, Jeremy, let me ask you a question. How do you do all that junk you do? How do you, how do you program lights? How do you, how do you run sound? How do you know about web design? And, you know, I remember sometimes I come upstairs in the sound booth and he's like programming like lights and he's like putting in code and he's like, code, code, code. And I'm like, Jeremy, Jeremy, calm, calm down, man. Come on. Let's like go talk to other human beings for a second, you know? And, and, and that's how he is. And he's extremely gifted. And I say all that to say, folks, everyone has a niche. Everyone has a niche. And when you find that thing, it's extremely easy. People don't know how you do what you do. They don't know how I do what I do. And we look at each other, maybe we don't understand, but when you find that perfect fit, it's extremely easy. It's extremely easy. I'm passionate about what I do, and when you become passionate about the yoke that's on your life, it becomes easy. You know, I see young people all the time and, you know, that, that we help disciple and they're struggling and they're tired and, and, you know, they're going through a hard time and they don't know, you know, what's next in life and they're coming from, you know, rough family situations. And I just want to look at them and shake them and say, if you could only find your perfect fit right now, things will become easy. They will become very, very easy. Just find your fit. Take a moment. Take a week. Take a month. Whatever it is, find your fit. Find your calling. Speak to God. He'll speak back. Find what it is that you're meant to do because I guarantee it, it will become easy. This can be the reality of the church that we live in. You can discover your personal yoke. Now listen, discovering your personal yoke can be a process. It can be a process, but it is a necessary process. It is important for us to find our yokes so that we don't spend our time comparing ourselves to other people, comparing ourselves to everyone else. You know, the Bible warns us about stuff like that. Discover your yoke. That's why if you're visiting this morning, welcome. This is Legacy. This is your new home. This is your new church. Why? Because there's people here. You know, you can be here. You can get connected in a small group. You can be a part of a leadership team who genuinely wants to help you find that perfect fit. They genuinely care. I know it's a church that is all about seeing people fulfill the destiny that God has on their life. Speaking the truth in love. That's what this house is all about. Get connected. Get linked up. Be a part of a small group. If you're not in part of a small group, why would you not take advantage of something like that? Why would you not? 
It's all about getting linked up. People that can, that can make relationship with you and they will speak the truth in love. That's why, you know, when, when you have a church like that, that's why when someone comes and, and they want to be a part of the worship team, a leader can approach them and say, listen, brother, we love you so much, but you can't hold a tune. But now listen, we are committed to you and we will help you find that thing that you can do. We, will, we are committed. We will help you find your niche, your calling, your yoke. We will help you find that thing. Speak the truth in love. Discover your calling. You know, oftentimes we come into church and, and, uh, and you know, people come and they're hurting and they're not satisfied with who they are. And they, and they find themselves trying to be something that they were not intended to be. And we try to put on someone else's yoke and wear it as our own. But you notice and definitely the people around you will notice that that, that doesn't fit them. That doesn't fit them. It looks like it's strangling. It looks like it's not easy. And that's why we need to be involved in a church like Legacy, who is all about seeing people fulfill that calling, finding their yoke, speaking the truth and love. And, and, and more importantly, lest we all think we should be up here, there would be no one out there. We'd be leading worship and preaching to seats. And that's just weird. It's hard enough sometimes leading worship to people, much less seats. I don't think you'd get the response that you were looking for. Finding your personal yoke, finding that thing that fits you. You know, many people go to church, and, and you've seen it, I've seen it, everyone's seen it. And uh, they go to church, and, and they hop around, and what they're looking for is someone who will pretty much, this isn't what they're really saying, but this is what's coming across, is that, you know what, brother, you're not that great at that thing, but we'll let you do it anyway. That is not love. That is not love. Speaking the truth in love that's the kind of place you need to get linked up to. Not just a place who says, you know what, I don't know if this yoke really fits you, but all right, we'll, just, we'll, we'll let you do it. You're, they, they are setting you up for failure. That is setting someone up for failure. I personally want to be someone who not only finds my own, my own yoke, but I want to be someone who helps disciple the next generation so that I do not set them up for failure. I will make relationship with them, and then I will speak the truth in love because I want to see them succeed. I want to see them succeed. I want to see them find that niche, that calling that God has on their life. That's where we need to be. How many of you know that is love? Someone who will stand up and say, man, that yoke doesn't fit. That yoke doesn't fit you. Come here, let me, let me, take, that, let me take that thing off. No, no, I, I want to wear it. No, come on, let me take it off. You trust me, you'll thank me later. Just let me take it off. And, and you rip that thing off if you have to, but you speak truth and love. That's the kind of church we need to be a part of. That's the kind of church we need to build. A church that loves that is love. Personally, I would rather someone tell me if I look awkward, if I look stupid. I, I, I want to know. You know, Galatians 6 says this. It says, but let each one examine his own work, and he will have rejoicing in himself and not in another. You know, the New Living Translation says this. You won't need to compare yourself to anyone anymore. It says that in the Bible. In your Bible, it says that you will not need to compare yourself to anyone else anymore. You can be done with that. Am I the only one that gets exhausted when, when I try so hard to be something that I'm not? Gosh, it's exhausting. But when I do that thing that I know I'm called to do, it's so easy. So easy. There's a difference when it comes to following someone as they follow Christ and following someone to the point of where you want to lose your identity in them and become them. There is a difference. Don't be a cheap imitation of a gifting that is not yours. 
be who you were meant to be, fearfully and wonderfully made. What a, what a slap in the face of God when, when he has custom made something for you to walk in. And you say, Lord, I don't know if I want to do that. I want to put on this over here. Gosh, what a slap in the face. You will never, ever, ever reach the potential you could have if you would have just put on the yoke that fits. Just put on the yoke that fits. There's a difference. There's a difference. Your yoke is tailor-made for you. It is specific and it is purposeful. You know, I purposely decided in my life that I want to be someone who wears the yoke that was meant for me. Speaking the truth and love to the people I disciple, and that's what it's all about. What an awesome thing when a community of believers who will together unified say, we will not be cheap imitations of another gifting. We will not be cheap imitations of each other or of another community. We are going to do what God has called us to do. I'm going to be what God has called me to be. I'm going to reach who God has called me to reach. We won't try to squeeze into a yoke that doesn't fit, but we'll wear proudly the yoke that the creator of the universe has made for us. You know, and, and speaking about the yoke, you know, there comes a time just as, as when an ox begins to grow and, and maybe that first yoke that he had tailor-made for him is starting to get a little tight. As he works, he gets bigger. He enlarges. And so there may come a day where he has to go back to the craftsman and get a new fit, get a new fit. Just as that happens to an ox, you know, that can happen to us as followers of Jesus Christ. You know, we wear a yoke right now, but, but in a few years, we need to understand that, that there's a, a younger uh, generation coming up who might better fit in the thing that we're wearing right now. Maybe we need to get ours refit. Maybe we need to get resized. You know, right now, personally, for my own life, you know, I am a, I am a youth and college worship pastor. I lead youth um, and, and college worship, that is what I do. That's the yoke that I currently am wearing right now. But, you know, years from now, though worship may still be a part of what I do, how many of you know they don't want 40-year-olds leading worship in youth? I need to be prepared to pass that thing along and let the next generation come up and, and, and grab a hold of that thing. And, and not just like you, you just give it to them, but I'm going to grab their hand and I want to sling them forward. God, I, I pray that you are raising up some young men and young women who can do far greater things than I will ever, ever do. God, I, I hope so. The world needs it. It depends on it. The church depends on it. I hope someone is being raised up because, because we can't do it by ourselves forever. And so we need to be mindful. When you grab a hold of that thing, don't just take it as your own. Don't, don't grasp so tight that you can't release that thing. But understand that there will come a day. And, and, you know, we speak about the next generation like it's like 15 years down the road. Church, it's here. They're here. They're ready. They're ready for the opportunity and, and the open door for someone to hand them something, to pass the baton and say, here you go, man. I know you, I, I'm going to help you out the first few steps, and I know you might need you know, some, some extra help, but I'm going to give this to you. You need to run the race that God has called you to run. And I'm prepared to take off this yoke and let you wear it because I can tell that it fits a little better on you right now. I'll go get resized for another one. Don't worry. That's where we need to be as a church, as a community. Don't hold on to that thing so tight you can't let it go. And you can see this evident in churches all over the world. When you see a church that's 20, 30 years old and they continue to grow and, and continue to expand their borders and, and, and they continue to be relevant. Why? Because that church has caught on to the fact that we need to prepare and we need to pass stuff along to the next generation because they're coming up. They're a little more relevant. They're a little more passionate. They're a little more outgoing than we are. And you can also see it in churches who are 20, 30 years old. And 20 years ago, we used to be talking about them like they were the man. And today, you never hear 
hear another thing. Why? Because they held too tight. They did not pass anything on. And they have faded away. May we never, ever be a people or a church who is like that. I want to take my yoke, and when it begins to get tight, I want to find, all right, who can I pass this thing to? Who is this going to fit? It's going to fit this young man over here. Here you go, and I'm going to help him. I'm going to help him succeed. I'm going to speak truth and love, and I'm going to help him succeed in the gifting and calling that God has on his life. That's where we need to be, church. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Why don't we just stand up this morning? My yoke is easy. Speaking the truth in love, that's what it's all about. Why don't we just close our eyes all around the room? You know, purpose, you know, I, you know personally, I can, I can remember a time, even in my young life, where, where I, was, I was worried. I was so caught up in the fact that someone is going to come. They're going to they're gonna take what is mine, what I've worked for. They're going to they're gonna come. And, 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 and I, was get, I would get so frustrated, I would get stressed out because I didn't want to lose the thing that God had given me. But, but we need to understand it was never mine in the first place. That there is a God who has a perfect fit, a perfect tailor-made yoke for each and every one of our lives. There is a perfect fit for you, church. And, and, and chances are in a room this big and with this many people here, there's, there's people who can raise their hand and say, I know I've probably been wearing a yoke that's just not fit for me. It's just not fit for me. It doesn't, it, you know, I can tell. I can tell it's a little bit strangling. And, and, and I need to find that thing that God has put on my life that I'm going to succeed at. Because uh, trust me, church, when you find that thing, it's going to become so, so easy. You will, be, you will be just amazed at how easy it's going to be. The work that you're putting in right now to maintain that yoke that's not fit for you, this new yoke, oh, it's going to be so easy. Right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, as we just come to a conclusion this morning and and you know I never preach long but I'm hoping you're getting what I'm saying this morning and that is this that is there is a tailor-made yoke the creator of the universe the savior of the world has taken the time to custom fit something for you and when you find that thing it's so so easy and so right now with every head bowed and every eye closed if if, if you know that's you if you say clay I I know I just know I've been wearing a yoke and, it, and it's not for me maybe someone's tried to tell me before maybe they tried to speak the truth in love and maybe they tried to do this but I know it's just not meant for me Maybe once ago it was, but now I understand that maybe I just need to get ready to pass something along. Maybe I need to, I maybe just need to link up with some leadership, other believers, and, and just sit down and find out where I can serve, what I can do to help this local body, what I can do in my life to succeed. If that's you right now, why don't you just raise your hand just all around the room. If you know you've been trying to squeeze into a yoke that is not fit for you, that is not fit for you. And it's okay today because as we raise our hands and as we admit that thing, God is looking down and he's saying it's all right because there is a yoke that is fit for you. All hope is not lost. There is a yoke that will fit you perfectly. And when you put this thing on and figure out what it is, when you discover this yoke, things become so, so easy. Right now across the room as you have your hands lifted, 
I'm just going to pray right now. Lord Jesus, I, we just come before you, God. I pray that you would begin to un, un, unveil and just unleash your plan on these, your people, God, that you would show them what it is that they are to put their hand to, that you would show them what it is that they are to, uh, that they are to accomplish in their life, their calling, their purpose, their destiny, Lord God, that they would walk out of here today ready to receive a new yoke, ready to receive that yoke that fits perfectly, Lord, that they would understand that, that they need to link up with people who speak the truth and love that they might better find their fit and their calling and where they need to serve, Lord God, a part of this local body and in their own lives, Lord, the things that they need to pursue and go after. God, I pray that you would do it right now in the name of Jesus, that that lifting your hand, it was just the first step of boldness saying, God, I know I need help. I know I need help, Lord. I know I need to go back to the craftsman and get refit for a new yoke. I pray that you would do it right now in the name of Jesus, God, that, that the leadership of this church, Lord, I pray, I pray for them that they would rise up and they would help young believers and, and, and new people find their niche in, in this local body, that they would help find their place here at Legacy, what it is that they can put their hand to and succeed at, Lord. And, and, and some of it is not going to be so glamorous, Lord, but let us always keep in mind that, that we do not despise the day of small beginnings, but that it's, it's the little things that you see, Lord. We do not do anything as unto man. We do it as unto the Lord. I pray right now that you would give people calling, give it their, their destiny, their passion, Lord, that things would begin to become easy. God, that it would become so, so easy for us. God, we're tired, of, we're tired of working, Lord. We're getting exhausted. We're getting absolutely exhausted trying to be something and wear something that was not meant for us. God, may we find that thing that is meant for us. God, it's going to be so easy. We praise you that you are a God who allows us to come back and be custom fit for that thing. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said, amen. You know, church, and, I, and I'm, I'm pretty much done, so we're all going to hit lunch a little early today, I'm sure. But, um, but it's so important. Things like small group, things like discipleship classes, that's what it's all about. If you, were, if you didn't quite understand, you know, it's like, okay, I have a good understanding of who Jesus is. It's not necessarily just about who God is. It's about finding who you are in Christ. That's why we go through things like that. That's why we go to encounters. You get rid of the junk so that you can get refit for a yoke that is custom made for you. Because, because years and years you've been wearing a yoke that ain't yours. You've been wearing something that's not yours. That's why we do things like that. And, you know, even at Free Chapel, since January, we've been starting our youth encounters. And they've been going amazing. We've seen 200 students come through the encounter discipleship process. And we currently have 150 enrolled in this process. And it's amazing to see young people come out on the other side. And they're passionate about serving in the local church. That's when you know you're making a difference. When you not only bring them in, but you take them through this process and you send them out, but they're saying, okay, now I found my fit. I want to serve back. That's when you know you've made a difference. When you see the next generation, even your generation, doing amazing things like that, finding that perfect fit, amen? Get involved. That's what it's all about. If you're not a part of a small group, the next time the doors are open, be in one. Link up with a leadership. I know the leadership here at this church. I know what they're all about. They are about helping you along your journey. We're all at a different a different spot in the journey. Some are further than others, but it's important to know that we've never made it. As far as any of us might be, you've never made it. There's still a length to go, and you link up with leadership like that so that they can help you, take you through the rest of the journey so that it will become easy. 
The journey is meant to be easy. You know, so much people complicate, uh, you know, this this thing called Christianity, and they complicate it. Now, listen, the road gets tough sometimes. I, I don't doubt that. The road is tough, but the message is very, very simple. He said, take up your cross and follow me. It's simple. I don't know why people try to complicate it, because it's easy. The yoke is easy. The road might be difficult, but the message, your yoke can be easy. Amen? Amen, church. Thanks so much for allowing me to come and speak with you this morning. Amen.